What's up, everybody? So I want to let you know that the Alpha Brain Golden Ticket Sweepstakes are still going on. And that's just a rad opportunity not only to stock up on your Alpha Brain or give Alpha Brain a try. Because if you haven't tried Alpha Brain, it's definitely one of those tools that's different than any stimulant you've had and gets your brain firing in an absolutely different way. And that's what our clinical research has shown, and that's what everybody who's tried it. You know, we've sold over a million bottles of Alpha Brain, and the results are in. It works. It's awesome. So this is a great opportunity, though, because if you get the Golden Ticket Sweepstakes, everybody is a winner, and there's a bunch of cool shit that we're giving away, from kettlebell sets to different other products, to discounts. Every single person is going to be a winner if you go to the golden ticket sweepstakes so check it out on it.com slash golden ticket and then enter the code and fill in the entry form there's going to be a grand prize for one of you which is going to be a trip out here to austin and on hq so you'll be able to come hang at the hq and do all the awesome on it things so definitely check it out go to on it.com slash golden dash ticket and get your 30 count or 90 count bottle of alpha brain Welcome to a special edition of the Aubrey Marcus podcast, where I'm sitting down with Connor Moore to discuss the Go For Your Win course. Connor is a former CrossFit athlete, psychedelic explorer, host of the Pleasure Monkey podcast, and also the master coach for the Go For Your Win small groups. We're going to be talking about all the topics explored in the course, the creation of this course, and how it is relevant to all of us, and what areas are difficult, what areas are easy, and what areas we really need to work on both personally and collectively. Connor, what's up, my man? Man, just living the dream, brother. How you doing? I'm doing good. So we're about to reload this Go For Your Win course. Dude, I'm ready for it. Yeah, (laughs) I bet. Man, last one was a surprise how dope it was. I mean... I know that I know the process that I went through to create that work when I first and I thought it was going to be a book and you know I was in isolation and I was going through that process but I had no fucking clue what it took to actually make a book you know <laughs> it's not just about getting the information out it's about you know if you're writing a book where all you have is the book to explain something then you just have to approach it a different way like the content I just put all the content out there straight and then eventually realized like oh shit like I need to explain this which is why that became a course. And then we had this course, but I don't think either of us really had any idea how impactful it would be to have this in course format, you know, cause it's whatever, 35,000 words, which is, you know, way shorter than the book. Own the day is a hundred thousand words. But, you know, I think there was a lot of surprises, at least for me. And uh, I'm sure for you. Absolutely. When we put this thing out. Well, we put it out and it was, you know, I had just come on working with you mostly as a project manager at the time. Mm-hmm. And we look at this thing and, and I had had a lot of experience coaching individuals for the past seven or eight years and strength and conditioning mostly, which was kind of an excuse to help people live a better life. So I'd been exposed to that in some way, but when we put it out there and saw the response, I was extremely surprised. I mean, I knew the content was good and I got it, mm-hmm. of course, I got it early and went through the whole course and and did the practices and did the work, and I knew it had it had legs. Yeah, when we put it out there and saw the community, and we added the connection to it as well, and then going in there and jumping into Facebook Lives and and creating engagement, it it really blew me away. Yeah, I think that was you know one of those big pieces is that you know it's the accountability of the community, it's the helpfulness of the community. I mean, right off the drop, people were introducing themselves in that Facebook group, and just ripping themselves wide open and being like hey here's all the shit going on with me (laughs) and people were like oh man that's so brave and then that would inspire more and more people and now you know still even though it's been a while since we re-released this course there's the group is still active and it's still like supportive of each other and you know just imagining how this thing is gonna grow and just be a, a true digital community of people looking to level up their life to chase their dreams to play it big I mean, it's just dope seeing what this thing is becoming. Well, and watching everyone show up for to appreciate and acknowledge someone else's vulnerability, and that's what we don't get to do a lot in life. We kind of spend our spend our time hidden behind walls and projecting ourselves in a way that we need to be, that we're supposed to be, that we're how we're supposed to be accepted. Versus jumping in there and, and showing what we have and kind of showing our cards and being prepared to hold space for one another in that way. And that's the that's one of the strongest parts about a tribe or a community is the ability to hold space for someone who is in their most vulnerable state and show yeah. up for them in a way. And having a framework behind that in the way that the course does and the community engagement around that, I mean, those are two vital human needs in being vulnerable and feeling connected that we just don't have as much access to as we used to. Yeah. 
So the course, in a way, provides like a backbone of discussion points where, all right, you want to talk about you're not happy with your job. Well, here's the ways to find your mission and choose your profession and talk about your connections and your passions and your vibration. And like there's all these tools that people can work with. And then there's the people who can help utilize those tools. And then there's community. And of course, there's yourself as a moderator and a coach and myself as people who can come in with our perspective and really help work people through based on the experiences we've had working with people, our own life experiences, plus the course material, plus the books and other podcasts and everything (laughs) we've consumed. And so it's this kind of self-supporting system with some real directed help with it as well. And it's, it's been dramatic for people, man. I mean, people who've gone through this course, they're like, they've, they've shifted. Yeah. There was a huge shift and they shifted together, man. And having that in-person, that in-person mastermind at the end of that whole thing to wrap it up was just, it was almost overwhelming. Mm-hmm. I remember sitting in front of, you know, we were sitting and talking and having a little panel discussion and I was just overwhelmed with gratitude. It was like forced empathy of just a wave yeah. of gratitude. And it was, uh, it was so inspiring to see that and, and to be able to guide it online and then have the in-person in- engagement at the end as well was, was so palatable. I loved it. But, yeah. And I think just being able to experientially practice some of the skills that they had read about, right? Like, I, you know, you know yeah. that people go through that section, which is all about training the essential skills. And you go through that section and you get to practice some of them like choice and some of the ones like belief, you know, some of those you get to practice a little bit on your own. But, you know, it's super hard to practice ecstatic dance on your own. <laughs> you know, like, you can, I don't know, you man. Do yeah. I've definitely plugged in some Taylor Swift and practiced ecstatic dance on my own. <laughs> you would have. You, ha- you ever had a bad day, just throw on some Taylor Swift and dance by yourself, and you're going to, you can't help, you can't be unhappy. <laughs> it's impossible. I mean, I don't know if that's 100% true, but, you know, for you, that works. <laughs> the Taylor Swift module? Yeah, man. I mean, what, I, I think if you're Kanye, probably that doesn't make you too happy. <laughs> I don't know, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's why he was mad maybe he's he's just ashamed of himself (laughs) you gotta release shame (laughs) but yeah like so you read that and and then you actually get to practice it with people who you've been talking to and relationships that have already formed um so that's definitely definitely a cool element to be able to bring that all together but ultimately not essential i mean we had a couple hundred people who went through the course and only a portion of those came in in person um and i think just hearing the stories from everybody across that i mean the involvement whether you're able to make it to one of the masterminds or whether you're just consuming the material uh it's been cool it's it's interesting for me you know because if you write a book and and i've kind of struggled with this a little bit like if you write a book it's going to reach more people you Mm -hmm. know and i thought about in between releasing this first course and then re-releasing it as a course i had the debate of well should i make this another book you know, because in that case, it's going to reach the widest number of people. It'll be pretty cheap to consume. I'll have to flush in another 70,000 words of explanation and setup and, and, you know, examples and, you know, more things to kind of really allow the reader to kind of on-ramp into this somewhat dense course material because I won't be able to coach people. You won't be able to coach people through it. They won't have a community mm-hmm. around it. And that, I thought about that and I was like, well, yeah, it'd be cool for this to reach more people. Um but then I thought about how significant the smaller group of people was, you know, when they consumed it. So it's this kind of thing like having it as a as the backbone of this community, you know, it doesn't maybe it's not going to reach as many people, but the people that it impacts are going to be more significantly impacted. Exactly. And so, you know, and with the hands-on approach, the ability to kind of jump in there and add our own efforts and you know, I just recorded like the audio version with a bunch of commentary and stuff, <laughs> which was cool. Um, and I think that's definitely the right choice. It certainly feels right, you know, because I will always write books and I'll make posts that are that you can consume for cheap or free. But this having this my very first effort of compiling all the wisdom I had compiled <laughs> in my life to date and having that as a course is uh, it's it's a special thing. So I'm glad, I'm glad that it ended up staying that way. Yeah. And I, I think it's a really one great thing to recognize is, is that with the different options with the course, right? You have the course then you have the small group training and then the in-person events, you get to you get a chance to meet everybody where they're at, which is so powerful. And then with own the day coming out as well, you have, you're essentially taking like a four pronged approach to engagement and, and personal development. And to, you know, to kind of piggyback off of that, one of the best parts about the, the course model is that we can, engage with someone and like i said meet them where they're at 
because somebody may need a different tool at a different time that someone else has context on or somebody mm-hmm. else has reflected on already. And the context is extremely powerful. The context in that big of a group and then having people like me and you in there to kind of guide through that have, have seen that the reason that people like Mark Manson are doing so well is because people are hungry for bullshit-free personal development. Right. Because go, go Google how to make more money right now and sort through that nonsense. Yeah, it's a bull. It, it's it's going to be a mess, right? You're going to have articles and how articles. to how to pretty much anything. How to how to anything, right? You're going to yeah, get 47 Buzzfeed articles unless it's like something really <laughs> technical, like how to change out the oil pan in my 67 <laughs> Ford Mustang or something like yeah. that. You're like, if you you <laughs> probably get a really good answer <laughs> yeah. when you get really granular exactly. like that, because then like there's some motherfucker who knows how to exactly. do that super exactly. good. It's like, listen, He's it's got a, a little YouTube bit tricky. Channel. Because you got to fucking move this thing and you got to push out the open. Like, there's that guy. You yeah. Know, and you're good on Google and that. But if it's something general, like, you know, how do I heal trauma or how do I, like, how do I find fulfillment in my how life? How do I meditate? Path? Yeah. Like, <laughs> fucking good luck. Yeah. And somebody having somebody who's kind of been through there and sorted through it, it can give you maybe two or three examples versus 30,000 right. that you can then take action on. Because at the end of the day, we end up kind of getting caught up in our heads and not, not able to take a step or take action on something. And once you start moving, then you can make adjustments, but you've got to get moving. You can't turn or direct yourself anywhere if you're not moving. You're just going to spin around in circles. Yeah, I mean, really, this is, the course is like a lifetime of curation. Exactly. You know, I mean, some of the ideas are original, but a lot of the ideas are just curated from all of the people I've spoken to, the stories I've, you know, been told, the experiences that I've been a part of. Like, all of that has ultimately created, you know, what this thing is. It's a curation project yeah. as much as anything. So, um, yeah, that's, uh, that's something that you can't really find on your own just by Googling. It's like at a certain point, too much information becomes no information at all. Exactly. You know, it's It's like, I just can't even figure this out. So I think that is definitely one of the services that something that's as broad as this provides. Cause if we're going to cover meditation, yoga, floating, your mission, how to overcome resistance, like you better be curating the most effective <laughs> parts yeah. of that. And, uh, you know, hopefully people will continue to find that that's, that's what we did. Exactly. And I think we, the, one of the best parts about this course and having the engagement that we talk about is that you can implement them in your day-to-day life. You can take, you can anchor in some intention and take that to work that day and see a result that day. And, mm-hmm. and have some success within that week share that success with people that actually give a fuck and and have a response from that and that's it's tremendously important mm-hmm. because we don't that's one thing that we kind of end up getting like geographically caught a lot of times like you're you live in a small town in west virginia like you just don't have a, tr- a community around you that supports yeah. you in the way and you kind of feel alone you kind of feel trapped and that's the the power of that's that's the light side of social media is that we can have a community together and that's your, that can be your refuge for growth and development and reflection and, and gaining context on how to live a full life. And that's really all we want, man. We want yeah. connection. We want to feel secure and being vulnerable and, and have a, a safe place to reflect on ourselves. Cause at the end of the day, the answers are inside you. And sometimes you just got to see a reflection to, to get there. Yeah. But you, you become immune to them because they've been a part of you the whole time. Yeah. But if every time you look for a reflection, the reflection calls you a fucking pussy (laughs) you're probably not going to be that comfortable looking in here so that's that's where that community yeah really is helpful what are what are some of the things like if you're going to talk about like some of the main sticking points from the people that you've dealt with as part of this course and part of your you know kind of coaching program in general like where do the sticking points kind of lie for people uh so a lot of it came down to just simply run like what i call running in circles right Mm -hmm. you're on a hamster wheel of bullshit where you just, you have all the best intentions and you've kind of reached a point in life where you're looking around saying, there's, there's more to it than this. Like, there's more here. And it takes a little bit of, a little bit, some self-awareness, just opening the door of self-awareness yeah. and exploring yourself, understanding what, what affects you in what ways, like what fuels you, what drains you and how you can approach those differently. But once you have a little bit of awareness around those, just gaining that to me is a big step one. And that's actually step one on the, on the small group coaching program as well. It's just generating awareness around the way your state changes throughout the day, living your normal life. Mm. And then you can adjust. But that seems to be the big sticking point for a lot of people is just understanding how to go about doing that. Yeah, yeah, no, that makes sense. I mean, awareness is no matter what it is, it's the first key if it's controlling your emotions. You know, we have the, a lot of strategies in there. But before you can employ any of the strategies like the 
strategies that the Siberian mystics used to play <laughs> with their emotions or the Don Miguel Ruiz strategies of how to halt the emotions you know, before they get out of control. You have to have awareness first. You have to have awareness of when emotion is blinding you with its own bias and its own perceptual you know, limitations because mm-hmm. emotions will cause you to see the world in a certain different way. And if you're not able to have awareness and say, oh, look, the Aubrey is being super emotional, which is another one of the strategies. <laughs> but, but first, you have to have that awareness, no matter which one of, that, one of these things it is. And I think understanding all of these processes ultimately helps drive, drive that awareness. Even if you're learning about a skill about how to fix it, the idea that you can fix it might make you more aware of when it's happening. And that's probably the most essential first yeah. step. And once you're aware of something, then you can start to have compassion for that pattern, right? Yeah. You can say, well, where did that come from? I can track that feeling down. Let me track it down to the root and see where that, where, where does that really generate it from? And then once you see, oh, that's just that, that's just a scared eight-year-old kid inside of me. Yeah. And I can just look that kid in the eye and give him some love, give him some compassion and say, hey, man, we can move on now. It's yeah. time to go. Yeah. And that once you can track that down, it's, it's extremely liberating. Yeah. But it, again, it takes, it takes awareness and then developing a compassion practice and understanding it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Seriously, it's going to be okay. (laughs) And getting rid of the word should. Like you should be this and you should be that. You created your identity out of expectations outside of yourself. Because at the end of the day, and this becomes challenging, and this is why compassion is so important, is because one of the scariest things you're ever going to see in your life is yourself. Yourself and your shadow and your light and all the good and bad. But developing that compassion practice and comparing it to Well, I think it is the single biggest fear that we have is a true reflection of who we are. Not only, it's not necessarily even our faults, it's how powerful we are. Like that is the thing that I find that people are most terrified of, is like what they're possibly capable of. And it plays into the self-judgment because if you acknowledge how powerful you are, and then you have to take ownership of where you are in your life, and you have to say, oh, it is my fault. And the moment you say it is my fault, that self-judge comes in and says, oh, you lazy, worthless, dumb piece of shit. You should have been farther along the path. So it's this self-fulfilling, vicious cycle of judgment preventing you from acknowledging how powerful you are and, you know, fueling that whole pathway. Whereas if you can remove the judgment, then you're more comfortable accepting how powerful you Mm -hmm. are and then you're more able to actually affect your life in a positive way. So you know, dealing with the judge is a big part of this course and big part of everything that I do working with everyone from athletes to individuals to, to everybody. Exactly. There's, there's a reason that that's there. There's a reason that's a part of you, but it's a, it's a great, great servant, shitty master, you know, you know what I, you know what I was thinking? (laughs) I had a recent, uh, I had a recent, um, kind of philosophical insight. I was like, why did we develop the ego? Like you see all animals, You see all animals, and animals are super connected to source, if you want, or connected to the earth, connected to life. Like they have a certain balance. They don't have that self awareness. And this goes back to that Garden of Eden story, you know, devouring the fruit and the knowledge of good and evil. It's it's creating the awareness where we have that different perspective to view ourselves, which is you know the ego and the super ego, if you want to use Freudian terms. But like, why and how did that develop? And I was thinking about it and I was like, what is the real purpose of the ego? How is it helpful? Because like the animal, but people say, well, it keeps you safe. Yeah, kind of, but animals are super good at keeping safe, probably more good because yeah. there's just their body and their instincts are like super dialed in. They'll <laughs> sense something and be like, fucking out of here. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like way more sensitive. So it's not like to keep us safe from physical danger. But I was thinking about it, and it was like, oh, this is about mating advantage. Mm-hmm. Like the ego is about mating advantage in a social hierarchy, in a social structure. Because if you can manipulate like who you are and put out like, oh, if I shift myself this way, I can have a slight mating advantage. Over time, you're going to get selected for a bigger and bigger ego, more and more capacity to be able to present yourself as something you're not for mating advantage. <laughs> yeah, which will, like, which will get you laid often. Yeah, more yeah. often than being super vulnerable and transparent, I would say. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is. <laughs> you may not have lasting relationships, <laughs> right? but, but yeah, <laughs> evolutionarily. Right, right. And I was like, ah. Oh. And it's not, I mean, it, it's, but then, then at the other point, it can also get, super out of hand i think we're already in this kind of counter movement to that where people Mm -hmm. are like sniffing that shit out a little bit easier and you know you might catch some catch some people who are really naive 
but the ones that you really want to catch are are you know they can kind of smell that bullshit out you know so like if you do the actual work you're going to be way better off in the long run but yeah i mean if if your goal and that's what you know biology biology wasn't selecting for quality of mate it was selecting for quantity of mate exactly so you're gonna you know you're gonna catch the lowest common denominator if you can be some suave <laughs> bullshit you know version that might be able to con somebody into sleeping with you you know and I, was, I was like i think that's really where a lot of this ego developed because it, it's a disadvantage in most things other than certain kind of zero sum social interactions where it comes to mating advantage and maybe wealth distribution yeah i mean in the hierarchy the hierarchical way of looking at life is also very strange too. If you think about that, like we constructed that, and chimpanzees do it too, monkeys do it too. Yeah, they have a different approach, but they they will manipulate each other, and, and it became leverage at a point. You know, yeah, being able to create that for yourself. Yeah, but then it's, it's in doing so we've created our greatest source of suffering. Yeah, you know, like I, I remember one of the most impactful moments during an ayahuasca ceremony that I've ever had, and I've had a lot of impactful moments in an ayahuasca ceremony. For those of you who don't know what ayahuasca is, it's a very powerful, traditional, psychedelic brew uh, from South America. You probably haven't listened to many of my podcasts if you <laughs> needed that explanation. You're not um, cool if you don't know what ayahuasca <laughs> is, bro. That's not true. You're cool anyways. <laughs> <laughs> but but anyway, so I'm blasted on this DMT-containing compound, and um, I felt myself transforming into a uh, triceratops. <laughs> and... That's one of those. Awesome. That's that's a dinosaur with the big kind of plate uh, neck piece and like the big like a like a rhino with a giant plate behind his head and it's, it's a a Sarah tail. from Land Before Time. Yeah, Sarah from <laughs> Land Before horn. Time. Triceratops. Sarah. <laughs> the interesting part wasn't the fact that I had a fucking plate on my head or horns on my head or like hooved feet or I was a dinosaur. That wasn't what was really compelling to me. What was compelling to me is how my heart felt. Like I felt my heart in a way that it was alive and like connected to all of nature around me and connected to everything around me. Like so much of the anxiety that you carry like is this form of separation from life itself. Like it just removes you from this feeling of being connected to all. And even as a dinosaur, I felt more alive than I've ever felt. I felt more alive than I've ever felt as a human except in maybe the rarest circumstances of like just perfect connection and love and mm -hmm. like you know super rare to feel that but to just be there and i was like on all fours my hands were down and i felt like hoofs but it was just my heart just wide open and just beating and connected to everything i was like oh man this is what it must feel like to be a fucking animal like yeah. how rad like the mind is not interfering with this wide open heart connection to all of life around you i was like fucking dope and then i let out some dinosaur sounds and <laughs> it got weird in the ceremony <laughs> but uh yeah that was that was a really compelling compelling state and i think a lot of like why we create a course like this because the mind is a beast the mind yeah. will tie us up into little knots and little circles and if we don't untie those circles we'll create a hell yeah. where we don't feel any of that heart connection and we don't feel any of that love or passion or compassion or anything while we live. Yeah, and one thing the course does a great job of is, is helps you gain some objectivity on yourself. Mm -hmm. You know, when you can see, I mean, we're in an energetic exchange with everything around us, all, all the life that's around us, and, and that's often overlooked. And when we have a little bit of objectivity and, again, self-awareness, we can create, start creating an environment in our life that facilitates, and that's where we come down to creating and taking ownership of your own reality, right? You start to create an environment around yourself that is conducive to the journey that you would like to be on. But if you don't know what that journey is, if you don't know what your win is, then it's really hard to create the roadmap to get there. Yeah, we were talking about that yesterday. <laughs> we were talking about the, the, the law of attraction and everybody, how everybody pretends like it's all fucking magic. And they actually literally came out with something worldwide bestseller called The Secret. Oh, the I, secret that's the only book i've ever or the only audiobook that i've ever stopped i was like i'm consciously <laughs> done with this shit the secret so so wait let me let me get this right you're telling me if i know where i'm going i'm more likely to get there like that's a fucking secret it's called a map son it's like it's called fucking it's called fucking google maps like you want to get somewhere oh fucking know where you're going yeah. first like that's all they're basically saying they're saying it's all it's saying is you know, the law of attraction, 
imagine where you where you want to be imagine where you want to go oh yeah no shit that's gonna yeah, help me get exactly there. Yeah. like create a vi- like envision where you would like to be like what what would fill your life up and then work backwards from there create some action steps <laughs> yeah. and now you've then in your imagination seen the things that you will need to encounter experience and the opportunities opportunities you need to take to get there yeah and then, then now you know what they look like yeah, cool it's like, it's like you saying, can see oh I, I gotta go somewhere <laughs> and you're like where do you want to go I don't know. And then you, they're like, I have a secret for you. What if you decided what city you wanted to go to? And they're like, whoa, okay, I want to go to Dallas. And you're like, aha, the secret is in effect. Now, head north from Austin. <laughs> well, but the, 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 pro- the problem is that we end up just like trying to get your girlfriend to pick a place to go eat. You end up in that situation. That's how you live your whole life. Yeah. Like, where do you want to go? I don't really know. <laughs> I don't, we had Thai food last week, and I just right. I don't know. But then this, uh, it's like that's not. Yeah, I, get, I mean, and that's that's the whole first section of this thing, right? It it's is, just yeah. like saying picking your state that you want to get to. Like, where? What does your win look like? What is what is your Dallas? Yeah, like where are you fucking trying? Mine to go? is not Dallas. <laughs> Yours is not. Your Dallas is not Dallas. Just not Dallas. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, and once you, yeah, once you can feel it, and that's the better you get, the more the more aware you get, the more compassion you can, you can show for yourself. The more fully you can bring yourself to that vision, the more you can feel it, the more you can see it, and the easier it becomes to create a life that is in alignment with attaining that state. Yeah, it's beautiful, yeah, man. Hundred percent. What do you think is the most challenging? If you were to look at the breadth of this course, what is the most challenging lesson of this course for you? For me, uh, anchor and belief. Yeah, yeah, because then you, you you belief doesn't have limits, right? I mean, there was a part of me that, I mean, shit, dude, a year ago thinking that I'd be doing this right now, like, I think there was there was an idea that it could happen, but I don't know if I could say it was belief, right? So so creating a firm understanding of the belief is really has always been a challenge for me because how big can it get? I I came from such a small place and was made, you know, that's a that's a big transition I've had in the past two years of my life where I was I was always uh, not always, but a lot of my life I was, I was made to feel small. Like I was physically big, so that confused people, but inside I was tiny. And uh, I remember one of the, a friend of mine, we were out dancing. This is, I was probably 22 or something. He's like, motherfucker, just be big. Be, you're big, dude. Just be big. And I remember that was like one of my first mantras. Like, just be big. And when I started to see that and get around people and create an environment around myself where I got, I got to see what success looked like, it started to change and shift and belief started to become this kind of kind of uh, this animal that I, that I could tame. And I started to see that only difference between me and, and these people that I aspired to be like was work and belief. That was it. And it became a little bit more real. But that was, that's been the constant struggle for me is, is how big can I, do I want to play, you know? And I mean, when I say play, I mean play. <laughs> no, it's all play. Yeah. Um, how about you, man? What was your big, I mean, you wrote the thing. Yeah, if I look back at the if I look back at this last year, I mean, I've had a lot of things that have challenged a lot, touched a lot of areas of this, like attachment to identity. You know, like I had a straight identity assassination attempt, (laughs) (laughs) and we don't need to go into the fucking details, but like someone completely fabricated the most damaging story they could possibly create out of the blue, un you know like unprovoked, and came at me with it and like that was a moment where it was like oh this is a straight up identity assassination attempt you know like <clears throat> by a fucking crazy person and having to react with that and then surrender to the fallibility of my identity and realize that it is just a sandcastle that you know while this assassination attempt ultimately failed and the guy pulled down all his social media and got fucking laughed into it back into a hole where we came from, you know, the fact that that was, that's always possible. Like your identity isn't something that's solid, at least your public identity or even your, you know, to some extent, the identity that you think about yourself. What I'm talking about now is your reputation and your public identity. So any attachment that I had to that, it was a real opportunity for me to work on that and just be like, all right, you know what? Like, I'm okay without it. I'll survive no matter what. The people who know me know me. The people who love me love me. And that's all I can really control is who I am and how how I serve. Yeah. And the rest is just out of my control. So why even worry about it? You know, and that was a really strong, you know, 
strong moment for me. I think, and then the consistent work around the different masks of fear, stress, and anxiety. Mm-hmm. You know, because there's always there's always something that could, you know, screw up the business or <laughs> take us down a detour. Or, you know, some challenge that we're facing. And if I take all of those challenges and feel in my body the stress and anxiety of like, oh my god, this could be the end, which is what I did for the first six years building on it. If I keep doing that, like it's just going to prevent me from enjoying it. Yeah. And that's constant. People ask me, what do I regret the most? I regret not having more faith. Like it's, it's always worked out. I've always figured it out. Everything hasn't turned to shit yet, (laughs) but nonetheless, every new challenge ahead, despite my, you know, 10,000 and zero record of either overcoming or learning from it. I still look to the next challenge with stress and anxiety. And some people say, well, that's, you know, some people just accept that as par for the course. And I think I did too. Like, well, I'm running a big company. Of course I'm stressed. Everybody I know is stressed. Mm-hmm. But I can't really enjoy myself and be that stressed. It's not fucking possible. And then I started to see models of people like Paul Check, who are holding <laughs> a lot of space and holding a lot of energy in an organization and doing it without stress. And I'm like, oh, that motherfucker can do it. You know, it's not necessary. Like, I can be better. I can enjoy this whole process. And part of that is again is releasing attachment, releasing expectation. But part of it is just dealing with fear. You yeah. Know? Well, a lot of it comes down to understanding your values too, mm-hmm. right? Like I, I definitely get there and and in launching the podcast that I launched in 2017 and doing these things, like it gets it gets challenging. And, and, but you something that Jordan Peterson says that I really think was was beautiful is, is you get to choose your sacrifices in this life. You get to choose the things you give up. You want to be a CEO of a company? Guess what? You're gonna get stressed out sometimes. Like you're sacrificing the <laughs> not being stressed constantly. You can go live on a beach and surf and have a good time and live in a van and probably just be chill with that. But that is that is that you fulfilling your mission? Is that your win? That's somebody else's win probably. Mm-hmm. And you get to choose your sacrifices in life. And that that really meant a lot to me. Like it was it was fun because I, you know I'm in the same place of, of developing these things and things get super stressful and then I and then I get stressed because I'm stressed and I'm in that right. I'm the hamster wheel of bullshit right. But um, it, it's it's incredible when you say, well, what are what are my what's my currency? Like how do, what is the world showing me when I'm adding value? And can I keep score with those measures? Like am I am I impacting people's lives more than I ever have in my life? Yes. Am I on purpose? Yes. Will the other stuff come? Maybe, but I can't. I can't. I don't have the energy to give that many fucks about that. What I can give fucks about is where I'm going, the path I'm on, and that I'm serving in the way that makes sense. That makes my entire life make sense. And when you're doing that, man, that is complete liberation. That's the only word I can ever really think about. Like ownership is liberation. There's so much freedom in just relinquishing yourself just to the process. Yeah. All I'm responsible for is the process. Like if you woke up every day and you said. Maybe you took Jason Pfeiffer's, I'm not fucking around, and then you added, all I'm responsible for is the process. All I'm responsible for is the process. All I'm responsible for is the process. Like, you're free as fuck. Because then you just release yourself of all the expectations, just like, all right, what's the process? What's the very next step that I can take? And then as long as you're focusing on that and you did that, then you don't have to worry about whether it succeeds or whether it fails or whatever. It's just... You're just focused on the process, and you're giving it your best. And I think that's what Don Miguel means in his agreement, do your best. And he's just focusing on the process. Like, what's what's the best I can do right now? Yeah. And not more than the best you can do. Not burning yourself up all night, staying up till 4 a.m., trying to do every outcome. That's not your best, because you're borrowing from tomorrow's best today. You know, and, and that's <laughs> yeah. not going to work. It's yeah. not sustainable. You no. know, so finding that middle ground of balance that's supporting yourself and just relying on the freedom that comes from just focusing on the very next thing ahead. And when you bring that version of yourself to the world too, like that's you're gonna get the most out of it. You're gonna get the most out of every second that you live. Yeah. When you when you bring a liberated and full version of yourself to the world. But we didn't do ourselves any favors setting setting up the system. So we've got no. we've got to take ownership of our own lives now. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's for sure. I think another, you know, a big one for me is you know, finding ways to love people. You know, like if I love people, then I'm just so much happier. Like the world, I'm so much more inspired to help people. I'm so much more inspired for my mission. And um, it can be something simple, you know, like it's easy to, it's just where we shine our, the flashlight of our perception. You know, if we're constantly looking at the shit, if we're looking at 
the negative comments that are found online and for watching the news and all the shitty things going on and people arguing unconsciously about each other, then our view of the world is going to be like, man, this world's fucked. Yeah. You know? Or we shine the flashlight of our perception on a documentary, one that we both saw, like, given the movie, right? <laughs> I love that thing We so shine much. our perception on that and you're like, God, humans are fucking amazing. You know, like, I love people. Look at these people. It's like this amazing story of this professional surfer and his professional surfer wife and they are raising kids and traveling the world and he grew up in Fiji in the traditional Fijian way and they make their house and he's going spear fishing and and the kids narrating it and you're just like his five year old son narrates the whole thing fucking people are awesome and then like that that makes a huge impact because then it's like Oh fuck yeah! We gotta save the world. The world is <laughs> people are awesome. Yeah, but if you look at that orange fucker in office and yeah. just watch him being being crazy and watching everybody else be crazy around him, you're like, ah man, fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> we, we are like, what what is what is what else is there out there? You the know? sample size for assholes is really small, and if you bring yeah. awareness to yourself in the way you, if you treat every human interaction in your life like a human interaction and not some passive experience, you'll see the goodness in people. Mm-hmm. just be just be attuned to what's going on around you and that is so motivating like just just treating the barista like she's a person and not a not an order taker yeah and that just that in itself you'll probably get free coffee too it works for me right <laughs> <laughs> life hack be nice to baristas and you'll get free coffee but no it, or the waitress or anybody else right anybody that's around you especially someone that really has no way to serve you and yeah. you'll start to pick up little nuggets of just how great human life is all around you. When someone tells you how awesome their day is and really means it and they're really engaged with you, yeah. you run off the energy. Again, energetic exchange. It's all around us. Mm-hmm. And you can take that in and that, that, that becomes, a, that can, that's fuel for the soul, man. Yeah, I mean, that mirror neuron effect is fucking strong. You know, when you're putting out a strong, positive vibe, like other people are going, scientifically going to pick that up. Yeah. You know, like this is, this is proven that there's neurons that, mirror the emotional state of the people that you're connected to so if you do nothing else getting yourself in order is going to positively impact the world because every single person that you encounter is going to feel it you know so that's you know that's huge absolutely man and it's you know when you sort yourself out and that's the thing dude you want you want to be confident in the decisions that you're making and again it comes down to releasing attachment of the results and and being fully present feeling aligned and, and where you get to start constructing the resistance in front of you where, at your choosing. Like the, light, the world's always going to throw you challenges. And the better you get, the bigger the challenges are. But just taking ownership and, and bringing that version of yourself and a, and, a, and a big, happy, like good vibe to the world can, will give you the, give you the power to run through and develop yourself through the resistance that you choose and a life that you choose on your mission. It's no one else's. And that's, man, that's crazy. It's so fun. What a great grand game to have available to us. You know, man, it's like I've been I've had spent my time in the in the dark night and I know you have too. And when you're in the dark night, it's like how will I ever get out back into the light? Like it seems like an impossible labyrinth that you're gonna be stuck in forever. Yeah. But really you're already out. <laughs> you know? Like you're already out of the labyrinth. All you have to do is shift your perspective out from that self that's identifying and seeing and agreeing with the state of mind that you're in and shift to that other state and be like, oh shit, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> I'm already out. I'm already in the kingdom of heaven, if exactly. you want to use that biblical analogy. Like, it's here right now, motherfucker. I get to choose whatever I want to do. And maybe <laughs> there's more challenges ahead of me than usual. Cool. That just means it's like being under the squat bar under a heavy load. Yep. And you're like, Oh, the load's heavy today. I'm going to have to fucking use my muscles a little bit more. That's cool, because I'll be wicked strong the next time. I'll have a bigger butt because of it, you know? But people don't look at the challenges that come and affect our psyche like that when they should. It's just like, oh, the squat bar's loaded a little bit more today. Instead, they're like, oh, fuck my life. The squat bar's loaded. Like, if you say that in the gym... more weight on the bar. (laughs) Asshole. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) No, you you realize, because it's very tangible and it's very quick, okay, more weight. That means more load. That means I'm going to get stronger. You know, I might be a little sore for a while and need to recover. That's cool. But ultimately, this is going to make me strong. It's the fucking same thing. Yeah. Same thing with your emotions. Same thing with your mind. Same thing with your psyche. Like, cool. You got a big load. Awesome. You're going to be wicked strong when you're done with that load. Yeah. 
I mean, that's funny. So speaking of keeping going with the barbell analogy. Yeah, was, please. I knew you'd jump on it. <laughs> so this is talking about manifesting things into your life, right? Like okay. I ran my mouth for probably a year back when I was competing in strength and conditioning sport. So I competed in a strongman, CrossFit, and um, weightlifting. I'd always ran my mouth and said, it was like, I could deadlift 600 pounds. It's just the way it thinks it manifested into your life. Like, you've never done it. I was like, yeah, but I put in the work, though. I know it's there. <laughs> I was like, if I need to do it, I'll do it. I was at a strongman event, and <laughs> it goes, the weights go on the deadlift, and this is the seventh event of the day. So I'd already like, pulled the truck and did the whole thing and all that stuff. And, and I really revere like, strength and conditioning because it's where I, I applied. It was my first step into applying the practices that I had started to learn in life, mm-hmm. and that's breath work, meditation, mindfulness. And I remember <laughs> the weights went from 450 to 520, 575 to 605 or 602 excuse me don't want to give myself too much credit yeah i was like well i've been talking about this for a year (laughs) (laughs) so i go to this bar 602 pounds was like it's time to do it it's time to do the thing and pull 600 pounds it was it was one of those things where i had i had put in every moment of work into that moment of i knew i never i knew i'd never get 700 pounds I knew that was that was the end of a journey for me. It was very strange. So I'd like called that into my life. Yeah. And to, to piggyback this into into the course, like when you start doing the work and you have confidence that whenever that big challenge comes up, whenever the world wants to give it to you, you're fucking ready. Yeah. Like you're ready for it. And you and you just get to apply it in every little day. It's like every day in the gym, every day in the office, every day with your spouse, with your kids, with your friends, at the bar, wherever you're at, like you're every one of those is another rep, another step another movement down the path mm-hmm. and when those challenges come your way you're ready yeah you're ready and that again liberation do you fucking pull the 600 oh yeah dude, that's <laughs> <laughs> you fucking left people hanging with that story no. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah i nailed it nailed, nailed it yeah yeah it's funny i was re you know, narrating the course you know I, I pulled a few different quotes out and uh i pulled out this one quote quote that's from the course it says the journey of a thousand miles begins not with a step but when you stop making fucking excuses it's <laughs> <laughs> like damn mom, you're fucking harsh but when you go back and read your writing yeah like, damn dude that was that was, that was serious <laughs> yeah. um but yeah man i mean that's that's the that's the case i mean you could have gone up to the, you can always go up to a bar that's loaded like that and be like oh i'm tired you know blah 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 but and come up with a million excuses why yeah you know, but and life's not as obviously tangible as a as a certain amount of weight. But you know, you can always come up with excuses why it's too much for you and why whatever. Or you can just go pull and pull your best. And if you die in battle, like you die in battle. That's it. You know, like I remember I was I used to watch some of like the impromptu kind of strength challenges at the Muscle Beach out in out in Venice. <laughs> and I remember one really clearly, like. Some guy had clearly gone past the other guy's limit, and the other guy was like, "You got me, man." And he's like, "Bullshit! You die in battle, son. You die in battle." Like wanted to see him fail on the rep, and was just calling him like, "It's not how it goes. You got to die in battle, son." <laughs> and like, and he's like, "No, man, I can't get it." He's like, "No, no fucking way. You're not getting out of. You die in battle, son." And so the guy like puts all the weight on and just gives it hell and it just crushes him. <laughs> and the other guy's like, "That's right." Yeah, but you know what it feels like, now. yeah, you exactly, context, exactly. Though. And it was like, it was like part of the honor of that, whatever that. It looked like like an OG and like a new challenge. You know, that was that was the context of that thing. But that's the same with life. Like, mm-hmm. die in battle. Don't just die on the sidelines yeah. and not knowing. Like, go out there, give it your best, and if you can't pull it, you can't pull it. You know. Yeah. But it's there. It's there, you know, and then you'll come back and you'll do the do the practices you need to practice and then you'll give it another go. Yeah. And if you, if you find a way to smile through all that, it makes exactly. it all, all the better. You have to smile through all that because everything is that. The whole thing is <laughs> that. Flicking, Guess dude. what? It's not going to stop. You think the challenge is going to stop? Oh, really? That's cute. The challenge is all going to stop. Yeah, everything's going to be all fucking good. Bullshit. Challenges aren't going to be all good. If you're young, if you're young and you haven't had kids yet, and you think the challenges are going to stop soon, well, you got fucking kids, and then after kids, you got all like no matter what it is, it's going to be some different thing. Maybe you solve your career thing and have a little bit of money, then you have fucking children, and then your fucking children have this shit, and then you're going into this middle age, and then there's people around you who are getting sick, and you got to deal with that, and like it's always going to be fucking challenges. Dude, dude, I uh, had a girlfriend once upon a time, and something came up, and she goes, 
So we were kind of getting into it about some stuff, and she just, I said, dude, don't worry, we'll figure it out. We'll figure this out. But that's, I have faith in that, right? That I, I'm pretty good at figuring it out. No matter what happens, like, I know I'm going to find a way to be happy in this. And she goes, I don't want to always be figuring it out. I go, you don't have a fucking choice. <laughs> <laughs> that's, it's called, it's called being a human. Like, you, yeah. what do you think is going to make you not, you're going to get to a place where you don't have to figure it out anymore? <laughs> like, even if you beat Mario, then you pick up Zelda. It's like, you just yeah, go to yeah, the next yeah. thing. It's, totally. It doesn't matter what it is, but that's, that's, and that's, well, that's people the People get focused on the wrong game. You know, they'll think like the money game is the only game. Yeah. Like, guess what? People with money can be as fucked up or more fucked up than anybody else. Like money is, it's a very simple, it's a very simple rule set to the game. So it's actually sometimes easier to figure out that puzzle than it is to figure out the puzzles that are like deep in your psyche and deep in your heart. Because then you don't know, there is no playbook, there is no rules, there is no monetary score that you can keep track. Like how do you beat depression? Do you get fucking, you know, notifications from your bank? No, you don't get notifications from your fucking bank. Like you don't know if it's possible or not. Like doesn't show up in ones and zeros it's all sometimes you go way backwards before you go forwards mm-hmm. and like it's not tangible like this but people think oh if i just had money then everything would be fine well it's not you can look yeah. at the research on happiness correlating to money and show statistically speaking it's not the case so you know but you can get lost in these kind of small myopic games that are not your win it's not the comprehensive picture and yeah, like this course may help you make a bunch of money because it may get you aligned, but that's the side effect. That's yeah. the after effect of getting your shit together so that you can handle the real important big challenges of life. And sometimes I hate people hate hearing this. I'm so uh, I'm going to lose any listeners, but we uh, sometimes we need less. Sometimes that's what it is. Sometimes when you start to find out what you actually value, you can start letting things go, and letting things go physically in your life is really a great starting place to let go of things emotionally that are mm-hmm. you're holding on to. Well, that's the whole minimalist movement, right? Yeah. I mean, ultimately you want to be such a fucking badass that you could have all of the things and not care about them at yeah. all. Because then, the then you get the things and you don't care about yeah. them and you're not attached. But until you get to that point, then removing the actual things might be helpful. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and so I think that's the appeal of this minimalist movement. It's just yeah. like, let's, we need less. You have, you have a bunch of clothes in your closet, and it's a mess, and you're and you're sitting around and you're kind of living in a in a in a messy, cluttered place. Like that's what's going on in your head, whether you want yeah. to realize or not. Maybe you've gotten desensitized to it, but that emotional purging, or just like throw away all those old clothes, take them goodwill, do something with it, just get it out of your out of your place. Like you'll feel lighter. And like wow, that has some merit. Maybe I should do that with my with my emotional self right. too. <laughs> Until you can get to the state of where like it's a nice like, step. You know, you know, you know, you go to the jungle, and the jungle is just chaos around you. Yeah. But you don't own the jungle, so you don't feel like you have to fix it. <laughs> you know, I feel like, like that's on the jungle. Got fucking Tarzan. It's like a different thing. Like you can just be unattached in the jungle because you just trust that nature has it. Like you could live in a mansion like you live in the jungle and just be like, ha, look at the mansion, knowing that the next rainstorm could wash it all away and not minding, but like, look, I got a great shelter over me today. Yeah. You know, and that's, I think, where we all aspire to be. But you're 100% right. You know, we. The priority we place on the things of our life, these mm-hmm. sandcastles we build, knowing that the fucking tide is coming, you know, it's a major source of unhappiness. Yeah, and when that becomes your identity, you're in a slippery Troubles! Spot for it. <laughs> Troubles! Because <laughs> the, more, the more you identify with it, the more likely it is to be ripped away from you. <laughs> it's all getting ripped away. Yeah, time, is, time is a fucking undefeated adversary. Mm-hmm. It wins. <laughs> it wins. 100% of the time. It's, it's, this, it's, it's actually reality. better at, at the Conor McGregor. Yeah. Uh, that's very... Ooh, I don't know. <laughs> going to be tweeting Conor McGregor now. versus Tom. <laughs> the first man to conquer immortality <laughs> with a straight left hand. <laughs> Um, well, I'm fucking excited to teach this thing again with you, man. Yeah, man, it's going to be good. Super great. It's going to be fun. And for everybody listening, check out the Pleasure Monkey podcast hosted by Connor. He's got a lot of fucking great thoughts and great guests. And, yeah, have a good time uh, on that thing, man. Yeah, absolutely. Anything else? Uh, your socials and whatnot? Yeah, man. Um, Connor Wanders on Instagram. That's where I uh, achieve most of my validation. Uh, <laughs> it's Connor with an E and Wanders with an A. So it's and E-R-W-A-N-D-E-R-S. And uh, yeah. <laughs> Come find me. Give me some I like my stuff. Do the thing. Give my Instagram stories. Oh, Shoot me in the DMs. <laughs> Beautiful, brother. Good to have you on, man. Hey, man. Thanks so much. Yeah. Peace. Thanks for tuning in, everybody.
Right now, I'm going to play you a sample of my course, Go For Your Win, which relaunches on January 29th of this year. I recorded an audio version which covers everything that the original course did from discovering your purpose, training essential skills, overcoming resistance, but adds in my own current commentary to each of these topics to make sure it is completely up to date and the absolute best work that I can provide you guys. It has a thriving community on Facebook. I'll be dropping in with my own advice, coaching. It's a great way to reach me. And we'll also be offering masterminds where you get to come out to Austin, visit on it, visit with me, and check out the whole experience here. I hope you guys check out the site. It's goforyourwin.com, goforyourwin.com. And I hope you enjoy the sample. Go for your win. Discover your purpose, train essential skills, and overcome resistance. By yours truly, Aubrey Marcus. Preface. Know this. You are not the same person you were yesterday, and you won't be the same person tomorrow. Heraclitus said it best. No one steps in the same river twice, because it is not the same river, and you are not the same person. You can decide to be different today because you literally are different. Your cells are turning over into new cells. Even your genetics change daily by switching off and on certain expressions of your genes through epigenetic triggers. But to experience transformation and be the best version of yourself, you have to surrender your history and your personal story and give yourself permission to start fresh. Today. It can happen in a moment, like it did for me when I decided to go by the name of Aubrey, my grandfather's name. Did all my habits change overnight? Hell no. I'm still working on them now. But that one moment, that one choice was seminal. It was the start. The journey of 10,000 hours to home, to mastery of your life, begins with a tiny bit of inertia, a moment's choice. That's all. And by joining this course, you're on the path. Congratulations. You are going for your win. Give yourself some love. You're the hero of your own story, and the hardest part, getting started, is already behind you. Lesson two, don't get distracted. An extremely successful entrepreneur, Josh Bazzoni, has a rule. He only allows himself to focus on a maximum of three things at any given time. For a person addicted to creation, such as myself, this was a revolutionary concept. I am often working on three things simultaneously, but I could recognize the wisdom in this maxim. It is all too easy to distract yourself with starting a new project. There is all of this energy and momentum, but then resistance hits and the grind starts. If we permit ourselves the option to start something else, we will never see anything through to fruition, the literal fruiting of our efforts. Focus on a maximum of three things only, and you will have a much greater chance of doing those things well and reaping the benefit from your labor. Commentary one of the biggest failings of anybody that I work with, whether it's a friend or whether it's someone in this course, is they will start a bunch of different things and then not finish them. Whether you're an artist who paints half a painting and then ditches it and starts a new one, there's something about the fear of actually finishing something because when you finish something, then you put that up for judgment by the world. Someone will have to either buy that piece of art or someone will have to do something with it if you actually finish it. But if you don't finish it and you just keep starting new stuff, then you never really put yourself out there. It's a way that people can play small. And we'll touch on this concept a lot more throughout the course. But by limiting the amount of things that you have to focus on to three and then really going to completion at all of these things, you're going to do yourself a huge favor. <laughs>